As you know, our enemies are working together. They are combining their styles to beat us. But they are destined to fail. Because there is only one way. And what is that way? The way of the fish, sir! Exactly. However, that doesn't mean that we can do it. Welcome to Cobra Kai. Doesn't matter if you're a loser, or a nerd, or a freak. All that matters is that you become badass. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast, hosted by AC Cristales and Jose Barron. We're the podcast show that breaks down and shares insight gained from the hit Netflix series Cobra Kai. Are you ready? Then fall in. Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast. Juan, what's up, bro? Nothing much, man. You know, can't believe we're about to close out uh, the first month of 2022, man. It seems like it just flew right by. Already, bro. Yeah, by the time this podcast comes out on Monday, it'll be January 31st. So, because um, again, we release these podcasts every Monday. At least that's the goal. And so, yeah, man, when this podcast releases, it will release on January 31st. And the first month of the year is gone. Can you believe? I can't believe that it's already been a month that Cobra Kai has been out, you know, season four. And here we are wrapping up. Uh, we're going to wrap up covering episode four after the day. But, dude, it seems like it came out like months ago to me. What about you? <laughs> Actually, I'm thinking like it just seems like yesterday, you know, that we were waking up at, uh, you know, 1.30 a.m. <laughs> getting ready to watch it. But in reality, it's already been three weeks. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it does feel that way. But then it's like, I guess because we finished it, you know, it's not the excitement of of having it week by week. You know, like there's some shows at HBO now that they're releasing new shows. I'm a big Righteous Gemstones fan. And so, you know, the first season they just let you could just stream all of it. But now what they're doing is they're releasing it like, you know, back in the day. So every Sunday, you know, and so I kind of think how would it have been if they would have released Cobra Kai like that, you know, because again, yeah, it was just three weeks ago, but for me, it's like, damn, it's, it feels like it's been a long time. So, but anyways, I, I like doing what we're doing. You know, we obviously we watch it, you know, cause we're going to, you know, just talk about the inside and the lessons that we've learned. So man, here we go. Episode four, man, by Syphily, by Syphily. So before I read the synopsis to by Syphily, man, uh, did you know what it meant or did you have to look it up like me? Cause I'm going to admit I had to look it up. <laughs> no, I'm exactly like you. I had to look it up because I had no idea what it meant. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. I remember I was practicing how to pronounce it. Is it by failing or, you know, I was, yeah. and I was going to ask you, I was like, yeah. Hey, how do you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Bicephaly baby. How to break down those syllables, man. You know, like that you know, back in kindergarten, do the syllable clap by sit for Lee. So there we go. Yeah, dude. Uh, so it means condition of having two heads, you know, and if we want to tie it back to the last episode that we talked about, um, then learn fly, you know, that one song that they started with from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, right? Two heads are better than one. So they're kind of continuing with the theme. What do you think it meant? You know, just talking about, um, yeah, I mean, we can just go ahead and jump into the to the the episode what do you think bicephaly meant how did it tie in to this episode really it's um i think it means just working together in a way 
um, because you have Johnny and Daniel that were supposed to be teaming up, working together, but in reality, we see um, how that relationship is not going as planned. (laughs) Yeah. And then now you have Crease and Silver who have started to team up, you know, and we see a little bit of friction, not too much, not nothing extreme between, um, you know, the direction they want to take Cobra Kai, but uh, really that's, you know, that's what I tied into it is just with the two heads being Johnny and Daniel and Crease and Silver. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, definitely agree with you on that. Uh, so yeah, we see Crease, Crease is back, you know, leading Cobra Kai, but again, you know, he feels intimidated because he knows that Johnny and Daniel are working together. So he had to call his boy Silver and Silver finally <laughs> answered the call. So we're going to start out again like we started out last week. So as I'm reading the synopsis, I want you to think about three things you liked about this episode. All right. So the synopsis goes like this. By Syphily, Crease brings Terry back to Cobra Kai, but his former partner isn't interested in repeating history. Johnny grows envious of Daniel mentoring Miguel. All right, brother, three things you like to gain, keep it short and simple. And then I know we'll cover it as we go into the episode. Some of the three things that I took down are wisdom, mentorship, and this one I put fear, but I think it's more of a thesis rather than I liked. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. So you said... Um, wisdom, mentorship, and fear, correct? Correct. All right, very good. So you, you bring in the themes, brother. I'm bringing like just things that jumped out to me. <laughs> so here are my right. three. Bloodsport, <laughs> Johnny's mom, <laughs> and Saline. That, um, those three things I like, bro. Obviously, there's a lot more that I like. But, you know, as I was writing this, and I right, Bloodsport, Johnny's mom, I think she's hot, and Saline, Saline, <laughs> and we'll get into that. All right. Three things you hated. Remember last week you were kind of struggling with getting three things. Were you, I, I got three things. Were you able to get three things that you didn't like about the episode? Kyler? <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. I'm going to put Nate and Burt in this um, We're in sync, brother, because I got <laughs> Nate and Burt as well. Okay? And we'll talk about that when we get into the scenes. And uh, I think that's the only two I can think of at the moment. Um, there is... But I have it in the category. There is one more thing, but I have it in the category okay. of done differently. So I want to okay. save it for that. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so I got Kyler as well. I got Nate and Burt. And again, we'll get more into detail. And then uh, Johnny not focusing. And we'll <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> we will talk about that one. I'm going to save that scene just for you. <laughs> Johnny not focusing, brother. All right, man. Go ahead and get us started with one of your favorite scenes. Absolutely. This time, I usually, you know, start off with the opening scene, but this time I'm going to skip a little bit. Uh, I called it the bathroom scene. And this is where Nate and Bert um, begin to tease Kenny about wearing the Cobra Kai shirt. Uh, They're making, they're basically teasing him. You know, they're saying if he's lost, uh, you know, if Cobra Kai started a kindergarten class and, you know, they begin to laugh at at him, kind of similar to when he arrived at Cobra Kai. And he was proving his worthiness. And, um, you know, Kenny thinks about, he gets tempted, right, to strike, to strike, just like he did against Kyler. Uh, but, you know, Hawk steps in, stops him, gives him the advice, telling him to, you know, get out of Cobra Kai now uh, because they're going down. 
couple of things. Uh, I didn't realize uh, Nate and Bert were such homeboys, especially after their issues in season two and three. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I didn't see that. Okay. And then it's a little bit of a role reversal, man. Miyagi-Do are the bullies now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because let's be real. You yeah. know, they are bullying Kenny. They are. And and just like you said in the last episode that we recorded, why are they messing with like a 13-year-old kid, man? Exactly. And then, of course, you got Nate dropping the Jill reference, <laughs> which junior? is similar to Junior. Yeah, <laughs> Junior. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you, did you know that? Uh, I didn't know this. I I, I think I heard it. I heard a two of the big three on a on another interview that they wrote and directed American Reunion. Yeah, I love that one. American Reunion was yeah. dope. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. Yeah. And then, of course, you have a connect a little connection at the end uh, as they're leaving Kenny all traumatized you know i think it's nate who says um i think he's gonna cry yeah just yeah. just like uh dutch did was it dutch or was it bobby not bobby was it tommy tommy yeah, you're right tommy. you're right yeah, it, it was tommy, tommy. Right. yeah yeah i got that scene down too um obviously because of nate and burp you know i just wrote you know one of the things that we always say man you know that they're thinking they're hard bro like seriously like all of a sudden they're like tough guys you know that just doesn't yep. fly with me man and they're messing with kenny obviously we know why they're messing with kenny he's wearing a cobra kai t-shirt but what gives them the right to think that they're all hard and shit you know what i'm saying so i didn't like that i'm like man they're to me they're still nerds dude you know what i'm saying yep. so they're not it's not believable for me to think that these two guys are still nerds regardless of how they're talking regardless of they're talking about jilfs and all that like nah man I, I didn't really like that and so it was just like i just thought about it man like okay these guys are still nerds but here they are thinking they're all hard so i'm glad you pointed out the role reversal because now they're the bullies and again that's something that rubbed me the wrong way with the cobra kai you know when we were talking about season three when they were the bullies because yeah cobra kai you know in karate kid you know part one they were the bullies but they were cool bullies and i know i've said that before they were just cool ass dudes right and these are like these are nerds man so it's hard for me to believe you know that they posers can, like, posers man yeah i mean hype beast whatever they want to call it man so i got that down as well uh so let me go to the to my you know one of the things that stood out i have to be honest man this this episode kind of for me like eh, seemed like a little it dragged a little bit you know i don't know if you feel the same way but it kind of seemed like there was some good stuff but you know the beginning to really it didn't really hook me you know the beginning for me uh I, and it's not because they started out with kenny again it just i don't know man <laughs> i was just kind of really just trying to reach you know i'll tell you and when we get to that scene i'll tell you when it really got me uh, but I want to point this out, you know, just seeing Johnny getting jealous of Daniel and Miguel bonding, you know, and, and so that's one of the things that stands out. Um, so it's not favorite scene per se that, oh, it's, it's so rewatchable. It's just one of the things that stands out because it's moving the story along, right? So Johnny's getting jealous of Daniel because Daniel and Miguel are bonding. And then all of a sudden we see Dimitri hit him. And so Dimitri's scared as hell. <laughs> and now Dimitri has to get his ass kicked, right, by the Miyagi-Do kids. And so, again, man, that, that stood out to me because, again, it set up what's going to happen in the rest of the episode, man. So what do you got with that? Did you write that down as well? I didn't particularly get that scene, but, okay. I mean, yeah, I, the the synopsis says it all. He's envious, and you can see he can't even hide it anymore, man. He's so distracted looking at Daniel and John Daniel and Miguel training and he can't even focus, whereas Dimitri, you know, kicks him in the face. Yeah. 
So um, yeah, just basically the the synopsis says it all. He he is envious, and it's and it's no secret. And if Daniel were paying attention, he would notice. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Exactly. And so what really stood out to me was was when Miguel said Sensei, and Johnny thought he was talking about him, but he was talking about Larusso. So again, he didn't want the spicy man, which. He didn't want the spa- spicy man, which was a side of steak fries, you know, because he was going with LaRusso. And then he calls him sensei, man. And yeah, dude, just the whole Johnny's just demeanor. He's like, okay, what the hell is going on? So like I said, reason I wrote it down is because this is going to carry pretty much the rest of the episode and what happens. And like you said, when you were talking about the two heads, we're going to see why the friction, right? with Daniel and Johnny. And that's one of the things that I was, you know, dead on when we talked about our predictions, right? That they wouldn't last because there was going to be friction. And obviously the friction was going to be because of Miguel. All right. Where are you taking us next, brother? The next one I'm taking you at is the Terry Silver introduction, the intro. This is at Cobra Kai and... um... Okay. Let me stop you right there. Okay. That's what hooked me when Silver came out. That's what got me, you know, after all that, you know, everything. And again, we don't break down every episode, every episode, excuse me. We don't break down every scene. We don't recap minute by minute. We don't do that. You know, we just talk about things that stood out. But that right there, remember, like I told you, it was kind of dragging the first couple of minutes. But when Silver came out, I was like, hell yeah, dude look like a G, bro. He looked like a G, dude. So my bad. Go ahead. Take take the rest. No, no. Really what I would. I mean, it was kind of a quick scene in a way, Yeah. you know. But uh, what I really like is, uh, you know, after he introduces Crease, when I say him, I meant Crease. Crease introduces him as the co-founder of Cobra Kai, and they go straight into like a pep talk. And this is kind of where the wisdom theme comes in. Uh, one of the part of their monologue is: Together, we built Cobra Kai from the ground up, and now he is here to help you prepare for the All Valley. Thank you, Sensei Kreis. It's an honor to be here. With two senseis, you will receive twice the instruction. That means twice the work. And if you are not prepared to put in 200%, then you can leave right now. But if you dig in and follow our lead, we're going to take you to the next level. And I love what Kreese, how Kreese, fin- or not Kreese, Silver. I love how Kreese finish, Silver finishes he says, if you dig in and follow our lead, we're going to take you to the next level. And you can see the students just, you know, have that 110% focus and they're like, you know, ready to go. You know, it was just motivating. It was inspiring. Yeah. You know, you know why, too? Because Silver had that presence, bro. And that's yep. why, like, he just had that freaking presence. I don't know if it was the way it was shot, but number one, he's tall, right? So he's towering already. He's towering over yep. all the all the students, you know, the Cobra Kai students. And then he makes Crease look small. You know what I'm saying? Because he is tall, you know? And so it, he just looked like a G, man. And that's when I like, okay, I, I, I'm in. I'm into this episode. And I like what they said. Together, we built Cobra Kai from the ground up. So yeah, that was dope, dude. All right, man. Uh, yeah, my next favorite scene. And this is a favorite scene. And it's the, one, of the re- one of the things that I talked about that I didn't like. Johnny couldn't focus. Johnny couldn't perform. Couldn't perform. <laughs> Come on, Johnny. What's going on? You got a beautiful woman laying next to you, brother, and you can't perform. And what does he say? 
I swear this has never happened to me. <laughs> you know, and then, yet. you know, obviously Carmen's got the hookup, bro, because she's a nurse. Hey, I can get certain medication. She has access. <laughs> exactly. He says, no pills. I'm 100% all man. But yeah, dude, it just shows you how much, you know. So let's go back to what the synopsis said. And you pointed this out. Envy, right? Envious. And so, come on, dude. You can't focus on a woman. You can't focus on a beautiful woman. Your woman. Because LaRusso and Miguel are in your head. Come on, dude. You got you got her, dude. La hermosa, la bella. And you can't focus on? It's crazy, dude. So, But this is what really got me, man. Uh, the Top Gun. <laughs> the Top Gun reference, bro. So, And he's just talking shit about Tom Cruise being, he's saying he's the worst, <laughs> right? He says, you got the real deal, Iceman. Best of the best. Apps for days. And so I just started thinking about that scene. One of my favorite scenes from, uh, from Top Gun, and I want you to think about what one of your favorite scenes is. But it's when uh when Iceman and and Maverick are talking, he's like, "What's your problem, Kazanski? You're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like yeah. you because you're dangerous. dangerous. That's right, Iceman. I am dangerous. <laughs> That's badass. <laughs> so I, I love that dude. Again, just the whole Top Gun reference. That's one of the things we like about Cobra Kai because they always tie back to some movies and stuff. So, all right, man. Favorite Top Gun scene, and then talk about this scene because I know you had it as well. Well, oh, okay. So let me answer the first one. My favorite Top Gun scene is it's that one that you just mentioned. <laughs> but me and my brother Ivan, shout out to Ivan if he's listening. We laugh about this one all the time, but it's one of my favorites. It's when they arrive at, I think, their first meeting at Miramar. And, you know, you got Viper introducing himself. And um, he's telling them, you think your name is going to be on that plaque? And then you got Maverick. He says, yes, sir. And he's like, that's pretty arrogant considering the company you're in. And um, as he dismisses them, I like Iceman's line. He's like, the plaque for the alternates is in the ladies' room. <laughs> and then you got you got Goose starting to laugh. <laughs> the plaque for the alternates. Because, you know, they were an alternate because it was actually Kruger's spot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was actually Kruger's spot that they took. <laughs> so I thought so I thought that was hilarious. But, yeah, I had this scene down as well. What I wrote down is, it you know, the evening didn't go. I was trying to be nice to Johnny here. The evening didn't go as planned. And, you know, because he's, he's just so consumed with Daniel and Miguel's relationship right now, you know, that they're spending a lot of time. And then I wrote down, of course, that the I love the Top Gun references. He makes up some good, pretty good points. He didn't earn his spot. Ma- Maverick didn't earn his spot at Miramar. <laughs> Can't call yourself it, a Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> and that he got his wingman killed, yeah. which, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Top Gun, <laughs> I just spoiled the scene for it. For sure. But I do like uh, a little a little wisdom that um, Carmen mentioned. He said, She said, This is not about them, Chris. This is about Miguel. Maybe it's time we tell him about us. I don't know. I feel guilty sneaking around. It's not good to carry secrets like this. They weigh you down. What if it just makes things worse? Mickey loves you. How could it make things worse? Kids can be weird about that kind of stuff. How about this? You can tell him, Johnny, when you're ready. It's not good to carry secrets. They wear you down. Okay. Yeah. So, that's good. That's good. Okay. So I like that because she was telling him, you know, and maybe again, 
John is not good at communicating, right, with regards to what he's really feeling. And, and I'm going to point that out in another scene uh, later on. And so she's like, well, hey, maybe if you just told Miguel about about us, you know, you'd feel better. Right. Because that's what she said, the whole secret thing. Right. You know, you got to let right. that go. You got to tell him. And he's like, I'm not ready. And we really don't understand, you know, and we're watching it in real time, why he's not ready to tell Miguel. He just says that, oh, it could change things. And she's like, well, Mig Miggy loves you. And, but there's something there, right? So we're kind. We know it's kind of gonna lead us into why does Johnny feel like this is gonna mess up his relationship with Miguel? And he already sees it kind of crumbling because Daniel is, you know, in, in Johnny's eyes, Daniel is, you know, stepping in, you know, taking his spot, and yeah. so he's worried. And I get it. I get it. You know, you know, Miguel is one of the reasons why your life has changed. Miguel kind of you know, gave you a new sense of hope. But still, bro, you got Carmen next to you, man. Come on, Johnny. You couldn't perform new something. That'll take your mind off it. <laughs> hey. She should take your hey, mind off things. Man, heck yeah, man. would have taken my mind off of it. But anyways, bro, <laughs> so I like that scene. The whole, you know, Top Gun Maverick, that, that's funny, the comedy. But even, again, there's More something. 80s movies, huh? <laughs> yeah, more 80s movies, baby. But again, there's something deeper that that's, you know, brewing within Johnny's mind. And it, and it has to do with the bond that he has with Miguel. All right, brother, where are you taking this next? Oh, this is one of this is truly one of my favorite scenes. I think you know how you mentioned that the several the silver intro was like when you got hooked. Yeah. I think I think this one is what really, really hooked me. Uh this is and I'm sorry if I skipped around a little bit. No, you're this good. This is Robbie versus Silver. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Robbie and Kenny are um you know, kind of training a little bit. Kenny's being a little bit arrogant that he's got the moves down. Robbie humbles him, you know, kind of sweeps him and then tells him a Miyagi-Do lesson about balance and silver appears. And then he says, balance is crucial. And I love it because he mentions the quick one, one <laughs> of the quick silver method. Yes, sir. A man can't stand. He can't fight. Yep. So then he kind of pretty much challenges him to spar, right? And he toys with him because he doesn't want him to take it easy. Uh, Silver basically blocks everything that Robbie throws at him. And then I like it. Silver goes, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Takes him down with ease. Yeah. And the whole time he's over there being a little condescending, saying, good, good, good. Yeah. But Who's that, Terry? Just, no, Terry. Terry says yeah, that. Yeah, Terry's you know, being like that. So Robbie, okay. Yeah, he's like assessing the yeah. fight as he goes along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I like the advice he tells him at the end. He's like, "You've learned to channel your anger, but you're afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. You lying to me or yourself? If you want to be a champion, you need to dig out that fear and face it, whatever it is. Because if you don't," It's going to hold you back forever. Understood? And then here, this is, you know, I mentioned there was a mic drop scene. Yeah, this is business. Uh, yeah, uh, last episode, this is a mic drop scene right here. If you want to be a champion, you have to dig out that fear and face it. And then here's the punchline. Because if you don't, it's going to hold you back forever. So, Pope, 
you got to face your fears, man, or otherwise you're not going to reach your full potential. Silver. And number one, and then really another thing I like about it, Silver still got it, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you that presence, man. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, you can't, um, you just know when somebody has it, bro. It's like when Jordan, right? Jordan got on the court. Yep. You know, and again, people are probably tired of all my Jordan talk, but Jordan, man, you know, he got on the court. He, he had that presence, man. So let me see. Let me talk about somebody who now that people can relate to. Who who do you think now? Who do you think is an athlete that now people are like, oh, damn. Okay, Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick people, you Mahomes, know, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, you know, 13 seconds. They did it, right? You know, this this right. past Sunday with the game, the great game, by the way, Bills, Chiefs, you know, so. Oh, yeah. They think, oh, shit. Josh Patrick, Allen, man. Yeah, oh, Josh Allen's my boy, too. So, yeah. Just, just think about athletes, man, that they just got it. It's the it factor. So, Silver had that it factor, man. And I just love what he said. Uh, like, he's, I like what you said, that he's toying with him. You know, he's toying with Robbie, you know, kind of playing mind games a little bit. But at the end, it's like, okay, you see the reasoning with the quote that you just said, which was a great quote. But I also like when he told Robbie, he's like, you'll have, he's like, because Robbie's kind of being apologetic that he's using Cobra Kai. He's like, it's a Cobra Kai lesson, but with Miyagi-Do or something like that, right? Right. And then Silver's like, it's okay. He's like, you'll have enough skill to kick all our asses, you know? <laughs> so I was like, that's badass. <laughs> he's talking with him, though. But one of the things that stood out to me, too, as they were fighting, did you hear when uh, when Silver did the Wusa? Wusa! It was real subtle, dude. No, I didn't. So I didn't remember he did that. that in part three? He was he was doing that to toy with Miyagi. To toy with Miyagi, And then yes. Miyagi was like, Wusa! Remember after Miyagi oh, tore yeah. him up? Yeah, yeah. Wah! Yeah, so, yeah, so it was okay. real subtle, dude. You have to listen to it. But he's like, Wusai when he was tearing up Robbie, because, yeah, he tore up Robbie. But definitely, bro, I, I do love what he told them. You know, Robbie, again, being tough, right? You know, he's got this tough exterior. I'm not afraid of anything, but Silver could look straight through that, man. So here's right. my question to you. Great quote. Not going to repeat it. You did a great job with that. Why do you think what Silver told Robbie really impacted him? Because you could tell that Robbie really took that to heart. Yeah, and I think because, like you, I think be, because of what you mentioned that he was just very apologetic, so he could see right through that that he wasn't like a true Cobra Kai. because ah. because you know Cobra Kai's don't apologize, man. They strike first, strike hard. No mercy, sir. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. I hope right, I answered your question. That? No, no, you did. That's good. Okay, so he can see, and I don't want to spoil a future episode, but you're going to, I'm not going to talk about it. I, I'm going to say <laughs> it, but I'm not going to talk about what episode it's in. He could see Robbie's weakness. And you know, yes. we know we see right. that again. Okay, I like that, bro, because I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so Robbie being apologetic, he can see that, okay, this kid is not 100% you know, a badass or a Cobra Kai. There's something that he's he's struggling with and dealing with. Okay, cool. Thanks, man, because I didn't even think about it like that. I was just thinking that, again, I'm going back to to Silver's presence. This guy's got presence. This guy commands it, right? It's kind of like you when you have presence and you command that respect. So Robbie's like, oh, shit, yeah, he's right. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take heed to that. All right, very good. All right, man, so real quick, just a couple things. Not going to break down the scenes, but just things that stood out. Uh, Daniel Miguel, the connection when Daniel lets Miguel drive, you know, so that's kind of like when Miyagi allowed Daniel to drive and Miguel's like, I don't know how to drive. He's like, it's okay. And then the misdirection, you know, it's one of your words, misdirection. So Tori's like, I got to go work. Did, did you, did you, when they're showing these girls putting on their lipstick, I thought 
tour was stripping, bro. Like, seriously, I was like, damn, is it getting this dark? And I remember when we were watching it, you know, December 31st, 3 o'clock. By this time, it's, you know, what, this is fourth episode. It was probably about 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I was like, yeah. dude, is Tori stripping? I remember texting you that, dude. I was like, is, it, is she at a strip club? Because it looked like that. That was big misdirection. And then you got some sleazy-ass dude coming out and saying, hey, you know, take the tips. I seriously thought, like, Tori was stripping. What did you think in real time? Uh, yeah, my mind totally went the worst case scenario. And yeah, I'm like, dang, they're really going to show stuff. Yeah, I was you like, know? they're going freaking dark. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, we see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Total misdirection is the key word for that scene. But you know what? Now that we're talking about it, dude, it, it, it could make sense. You know, obviously, we know that we the little that we know about Tori's home life is that, you know, she's in a tough spot financially so you know it's capaz right she's capable of you know getting a fake id and you know saying she's 18 and really dancing at dancing at a strip club bro because she's gonna do yep. what she has to do to to provide for her money her so it, it, it would have made sense but i was just like damn are they really are the, is the big three really going for that but <laughs> nah man she's dancing at some chuck e cheese type place so i was like big time <laughs> misdirection bro big time big time all right so my next favorite scene um is uh johnny <laughs> johnny how do i tell my student that I'm banging his mom. Johnny's freaking nuts, bro. It's crazy. So Johnny's trying to figure out, okay, hey, how can I, you know, get Miguel back or how can I, you know, explain to him, you know, what's going on with him and Carmen because that's something that Carmen dropped that seed. And so, yeah, Johnny, you know, there's Google has an answer for everything, right? So how do <laughs> right. I tell my student that I'm banging his mom? Hilarious, dude. And then obviously the stuff that comes that comes up with that and you can hear in the background, which it's funny you mentioned that, the you know, two of the big three wrote American Reunion uh, because it's kind of like when uh, Jason Biggs character, what was his name in um in uh jim right jim jim yeah jim yeah remember he's like looking up like porn or whatever and you, in the background you're like oh baby so kind of like the same thing when johnny's asking you know how do i how do i tell my student that i'm banging his mom and something pops up and it says click here for the hottest and he's like what the hell you know he was like <laughs> he didn't know what to expect with that so anyways but love it for the comedy and then love it for this because again i told you when he was laying in bed next to carmen you could tell that something was was bothering him Especially when he said this, that that changes things, right? When you know that your mom is with a man that's not your dad, right? Yep. And so we see the flashback to Johnny when he was seven. And obviously, I mentioned that this was one of my favorite parts that I like. Johnny's mom, she's pretty. Like, how the hell does Sid get with that, right? But more than that, more than that, you know, yeah, money. There you go. Money, money, <laughs> money, money, money. But Johnny's mom, right? And I started thinking about Stacy's mom has got it going on. Johnny's mom's got it going on. But anyways, we learned that Johnny's dad left him, right? And again, that kind of, when we talk about, you know, some of the themes of the show, and I'm glad that you said mentorship because it's about that, right? So Johnny, at seven years old, you know, his dad leaves him and he's, you know, keeping his stuff. And we see that he keeps the Coors Light or whatever, the, the can and the can, try, yeah. just trying to remember about his dad. And his mom's like, no, I'm going to take this all away. And so just think about the trauma, right? And the memories that that did to a seven-year-old Johnny. So obviously he's remembering that because he cares about freaking Miguel and he doesn't want Miguel um, to be put in that same spot. Because obviously when he heard that, his mom was going to marry Sid. He wasn't happy. Now, Miguel's a little older. 
but we do know how Miguel felt when, um, well, he hasn't, oh, you know what? I'm skipping ahead. Miguel doesn't know that they're together, but in future episodes, we'll see how Miguel, you know, really takes it. So anything with that? Did you have that now? I did have that scene, mainly for the part, uh, I figured you were going to talk about the the comical aspect of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, But, (laughs) but, but I, um. I took down the more uh, the sentimental side of it. This, it. It was sad and sentimental, or the words that I used to describe the scene. And I'm talking about the little Johnny flashback, the seven-year-old Johnny, and you know, just at that age, what that kid is going through, or what Johnny is going through. You know what I mean? Uh, his dad is gone, but yet he still keeps his things. It's almost kind of like he's hoping that he's going to come back. I was thinking I was thinking the exact same thing. He's holding on to hope. Yeah, and we get to see why Johnny loves Coors Banquet. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, so exactly. obviously it's something his dad, you know, drank. He even kept the can. So it was just sad and sentimental at that point. The flashback was. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, because, again, it's, you know, you have your dad in your life. And again, we don't know so much about him. And then he's not there anymore. And even though him leaving and abandoning you, abandoning you is a tough thing, you still hold on to that hope. And I can relate to that. And then your mom comes in and says, okay, well, there's going to be a new man in your life. So obviously that's going to piss you off because you don't want that man. You want your dad, you know? So Correct. yeah, definitely. Well, I liked it for that. And we're going to see how it ties into Miguel as well later on. All right, brother, where are you taking us next? I hope it's, I hope I know where you're going. Hopefully, we'll see. I'm going to go with Daniel and Miguel driving in the car. And what song is playing, baby? Is it uh, Sailing by Christopher Cross? Yeah, Sailing. The jam, dude. That's the jam. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But no, really what I, what I pointed out about this scene is um, you have Daniel. This is where the mentoring comes in, you know, because you see Miguel speeding through a yellow light and he tells him, you know, when you're with my daughter, you know, you, um, you stop, you slow down at red light or at yellow lights. Mm-hmm. That was business. I like what he said. He's like, you know, um, he said, you, when you're with my daughter, you make sure you take the proper precaution. Yes. Yeah, thank I you. Like yeah, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. For real. Oh yeah. And, and then, you know, they're bonding over the music, you know, Christopher Cross and he mentions, you know, Chicago and a few other, Michael McDonald. <laughs> Michael McDonald. <laughs> I can't forget we're not in love anymore. Yeah. And then, of course, he's he's basically telling him, you know, in the 80s, it wasn't all hard rock. It was also some soft rock. You know, I hated my mom for moving us to L.A. I thought she was only thinking for herself. But as I got older, I realized... She was doing it all for me. She wasn't just looking for a new career. She was looking for a better life. Sounds like that's what your mom did. It may not seem brave, but sometimes avoiding conflict is one of the most heroic things a person can do. So basically the main point is that I took is, you know, he's showing him Top Gun teaching him to drive, bonding over the music, and then he's giving adv- giving him advice about conflict, that sometimes it's okay to avoid conflict, that you don't always have to strike first. So this is more than bonding. This is building a relationship. This is father, this is father figure stuff. 
you know, and which he does mention that Mr. Miyagi filled that role for him. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the, it, I can see why Johnny feels the way he's feeling because this is, it's, it's more than just bonding. And that's what I took from it. <laughs> well, the thing is there, you know, Johnny doesn't know everything that's going on yet, you know, and, and I don't think he'll really know the full extent because, and I'm going to skip a little bit to one of the things that I was going to talk about in the future scene. And I'll talk about it more in detail there. He doesn't communicate well, again, back to Johnny, not communicating well, and we'll get to that. But one of the things that I want to point out, did you notice when, uh, when Miguel said, who's Chicago? He asked who's Chicago, who's Chicago. And Daniel said, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Well, remember Johnny said the same thing when About, he said, uh, was it guns and roses? Guns and roses. Yeah. Yes. Who's guns and roses. And so, and Johnny said, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. So again, back to that concept of different, but same. Right. And then I love like what you said, you know, mentorship, filling a role, you know, he said, Mr. Miyagi, you know, he said, he made me realize that just because I didn't have a dad, didn't mean there wasn't someone who could fill that role. That's so true, bro. You know, um, because yeah, you know, how many, how many kids, how many, you know, young women, young men grow without a dad, but yet there's somebody who can be, who can, you know, play that father figure, who can be that father figure, you know, that surrogate father, even on the flip side, you know, there's some kids who don't have a mom and there's, you know, somebody who becomes like a second mom to them. So definitely is true about that. So yeah, man, he's giving them life lessons, man. And then Miguel opens up. So you know, it's one of the things that we've always said, brother, you know, that we pride ourselves on being transparent, you know, and especially in this podcast, we'll share some things that are personal. And again, because that's that's how you connect with people, man. Uh, and so Miguel talks about, man, the sad part is I have a dad. He just hasn't seen him. So that's the first time we really get a lot of information about Miguel and what he's dealing with, man. And and I know I wrote this down because it seems, bro, that as you get older, and you 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 tell me your experience, but as you get older, there are certain things that start bothering you more that you start thinking about, and they sometimes they just hit you out of the blue because in the past three seasons we really haven't heard you know Miguel talk about his dad and about him really wanting to know more about him, and now we do, and because I think with age, man, it's like you get to the point like where the hell is my life going? And so then you start thinking, okay, in order for me to know where my life is going, I got to know where I came from. At least that's not, and maybe I'm looking too much deep. Maybe I'm looking at it, you know, a little too deep, but that's what I started thinking. Because again, we just get Miguel all of a sudden talking about, hey, his dad. So what do you think about that, bro? You know, just the older you get, you know, things start, you know, just, I don't want to say messing with you, but you know, you start thinking about things more. What do you think about that? No, I think I agree with you that you get curious, you, you, you get curious and you want to know why you just, you want, you want to get the meaning or the full story as to what happened, I guess. And Miguel, I guess, is old enough to just have questions. And it seems like he just would just like answers or clarification, not necessarily, you know, angry or emotional. Um, about his situation. Yeah. I like what you said, bro. He gets curious. And I think that's what we do, bro. I, that's that's a perfect word, bro. I think the older we get, the more curious we 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 get, you know? We're like because it's like we're 
he's he's becoming a man, bro. He's not the 15-year-old kid or the 16-year-old kid. And obviously, in this time frame, you know, it's only been like a year that things have passed. But <laughs> and I know people complain about that, you know, that, oh, man, you know, Miguel looks like he's 20-something now. But come on, this is TV. But yeah, I think the older you get, the more curious you get about life, about, you know, who your dad was and, and why your dad wasn't in your life. I mean, look at Johnny. Johnny's like 50 and he's still wondering, you know, like, how his life was without his dad. So there's certain things. That's why I said there's certain things that sometimes they'll just hit you out of the blue, bro. And if I had time, you know, I, I'd, I'd share a story, but not time. Maybe another podcast. But yeah, dude, I love I love this though. Uh, I think Daniel was dope in this part where he talked about, hey, you know, why his mom. You know, he he kind of like felt bad when his mom moved from New Jersey to California, but she was doing it all for me. I love that, bro. For him, yeah. She, he said yeah. she wasn't just looking for a new career. She was looking for a better life. And it sounds like that's what your mom did for you. So love Daniel for that part, man. Because again, you know me, man. I was raised by a single mom and, and everything she did, I know she did it for me, bro. Even the times that she was tough, she did it for me. The times where I felt like she hated me because she disciplined me or kept me away from things, she did it for me, man. So uh, I love that, dude. And this part too, bro, about not striking first. I, I wrote it down as well. It may not seem brave, but sometimes avoiding conflict is one of the most heroic things a person can do. And that's 100 too, man. You know, because yeah. sometimes, bro, sometimes keeping your cool and not giving your energy away to start stuff with people, that's that's that keeps you, you know, in, in a better space and always trying to fight. You know, because you, you don't always have to fight. You don't always have to prove yourself, man. And so that's how I took it. That, yeah, man, sometimes, you know, you got to let people talk shit. You got to let people do their thing. And you just, you hold your ground. And it doesn't mean that, oh, be, oh why didn't you fight? Because sometimes you don't have to fight, man. Let those people hurt themselves, man. So right. definitely a dope scene. Definitely a lot of a lot of wisdom in that scene, man. Anything else with that? No, you pretty much covered it all, man. Yeah, it's definitely Daniel and him are just, number one, they're relatable they're relating to each other in their situations, which is causing their bond to grow stronger. <laughs> and again, that's something that Johnny doesn't see. And if he knew that, maybe he'd look at things differently. True that. Yeah. That and you know what? Point. And, and I'm, I'm liking that you and I are talking about it right now because it's making me really appreciate that scene even more, you know? So yeah, cause there's, there's so much, there's so much to it, brother. All right, man. So, uh, is it my turn or your turn? No, it's your turn. All right. So, uh, real quick, just want to point out, I love when Sam antagonized Tori, you know, they're, you know, Tori's telling that story. I just love that shit. Uh, and then Johnny <laughs> making manwich, bro, you know, Johnny making manwich again, trying. Okay. So this is Johnny trying to build that bond, right? Try not build because he has that bound bond with Miguel, but I guess trying to reconnect because it kind of seems like they've, they've drifted, bro. They've drifted. That's how I've looked at it. Right. And so then we see Robbie goes to Johnny and, you know, Robbie's standing up for the kid, you know, and he's like, I'm just trying to help this kid, right? Because, you know, Johnny's thinking, okay, you're doing it because Crease is, you know, putting you up to it. And Robbie's stand up, dude. He's like, no, I'm just trying to help this kid. I don't want this kid to get bullied. And then remember, he's like, well, don't do that. Don't get in trouble at school. And then you remember, did you hear when Robbie said, well, Miguel attacked me? <laughs> right. <laughs> it kind yeah, of, it, it reminded that. me of, he ran into your fist. <laughs> not your fault, right? <laughs> it's not his fault, right? And so, anyways, Johnny's like, look, you're being poisoned. And I love this. I love what Robbie said. He stood up to his dad. He said, look, that's the difference between you and me. You put all of your trust in Crease, but I don't trust anyone. I like that, dude. I don't know about Robbie. I, I just like that, bro. So, uh, but yeah, you know, to me, man, that scene proved to me that Robbie listened to 
uh, Silver's Silver. advice. To yeah. Silver's advice, yep. And that's the thing about Robbie that I like, bro. And I want you to think about what you like about Robbie. That's the question I have for you. But Robbie listens to advice. Daniel gave him advice. He listened to it. Kreese gave him advice. He listened to it. Silver gave him advice. He listened to it. You know, and so here he, here it is, right? He took, you know, that that advice about you got to dig out that fear. And he says this. I'm just using Cobra Kai to get what I want. Yeah, I'm sure you think that. I'm telling you, you're playing with poison. You don't know the whole story. I know enough. And I know what's been holding me back because for as long as I can remember, I've been afraid. Afraid that I would end up like you. But I'm not going to have that fear again because I'm better than you. Damn, bro. Badass. He digged out that fear and he faced it. But he said this, but I'm not going to have that fear again because I'm better than you. Damn, dude. And real talk. And again, I'm not going to spend so much time on that. I've had that those thoughts, man, again, with my father. Like, I always feared that I would end up like him. And so it's one of those things where I had to dig out that fear and face it, man. But badass scene, man. So, yeah, question number one, what do you like about Robbie? I'll tell you what I like about him, that he listens to advice. What do you like about him? One thing. Um, one thing I like about him is he doesn't let his situation get the best of him. Okay. He's been, you know, in season one, he was, you know, hanging around with those uh those two guys Cruz um, <laughs> Cruz and I forgot what the other guy's name was you know pretty much stealing you know and he didn't let that get the best of him you know and then and you know he in season 2 he almost lost Sam or he did really technically to Miguel <laughs> and um you know, he still overcame and, you know, he fought with Miguel. But, yeah, I, I got to agree with him, man. He was trying to stop the fight in season two. It just didn't go his way. Nah, but Miguel didn't attack him, bro. Come on, man. Well, not attacked him, but, you know. <laughs> he provoked him? He, nah, he prov- still. No, on. not even that. That's too strong. Yeah. Um, he ran into my fist. <laughs> he ran into my fist. No, Miguel just, he just picked the fight, man. Not really. Uh, pick the fight is the wrong word. Um, well, he was protecting Tori, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. but I mean, he didn't know the full story. He just went in and struck first. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like how he doesn't let his situation get the best of him. Okay, he seems to rise. He seems to rise above stuff. Right. Yeah, and even in season three, you know, when he was, you know, in juvie, he came out and he he got through juvie. Oh, that's without, true, bro. Okay, he's yeah. got some, he's got some grit, man. He's got some tenacity, bro, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, what do you have with that scene? I know you wrote that down as well. That was, that was yeah, scene. I d- I did, and I like. Did you get? Did you catch the Stone Cold reference? Don't I don't trust anybody? Yeah, exactly. DTA. Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, yeah. No doubt. And uh, really, I just had two things: is the Stone Cold reference, and he just applied Silver's lesson. Yep. He he took heed to he took heed to the lesson and applied it, man. I love that. That's what I love about yeah. the dude. He you know he listens, man, because it's not enough to have wisdom, bro. If you're not gonna apply it. I've always exactly. said that, bro. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't apply it, it don't mean shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, all right, brother, where are you taking us next? The next one I'm taking you is Tori and Amanda. They're seeing, um, this is after everything that happened with, well, like you mentioned, um, Sam was antagonizing Tori. And, you know, when Miguel arrives, Sam pur- purposely kisses him. In I front love of her. that, bro. I love that shit. She starts. <laughs> Kissing me, I love that dog. <laughs> yeah, and she just walks out, you know. At this point, you know, you got to feel for Tori a little bit. You know, first you got Amanda, 
going to her job and causing her to get into trouble and getting fired. Now you got Sam at her newest job antagonizing her, causing trouble. And so she walks out pretty much like quits. So Amanda, you know, follows her, apologizes for Sam's behavior. She tries to empathize, empathize. Yeah. You know, which angers Tori, you know, that just makes her more mad. And I, I like uh, the the wisdom here is more wisdom that Amanda drops, you know, trying to let her know that the world isn't out to get her. And that Tori just feels hopeless. You know, she's got a lot of on her plate for someone her age. And, you know, I like what Amanda tells her at the end. She's like, no one can help you if you don't let them. If you ask, you'd be surprised. And just Amanda dropping some truth, man. If Just know that the world isn't out to get you. There's got to be someone in your family who can help. No one I can trust. It doesn't matter. I can handle my own shit. Fine. No one can help you if you don't let them. If you ask, you might be surprised. If you don't ask for help, man, you're never going to change your situation. If you try to do things alone. For sure. Yeah. And that's the pride thing. We've been, we've been, I feel like pride has been a a recurring theme, you know, in the first, you know, four podcast episodes that we talked about. So within, within this, and it ties in because growth, right? That's one of the things that we talked about. Um, when we talked about the season four review, the little quick recap we did, you know, for me, it was about growth and growth for these characters, man. So, uh, and so in a way, you know, Tori is trying to number one, you know, Amanda's trying to help her and Amanda's trying to grow in her way because at first, you know, she was out to get her, right? You know, she was mama bear out to get Tori, but then, you know, she found out about her story and she's like, look, let me try to help her, you know, and and now she's trying to help because my question is like, why did Amanda go out and help? Well, it's because she knows Tori's story. And again, that's why, that's why I tell you, man, that when you're transparent and know about people's story, you can emphasize, uh, be empathetic towards them. You can be compassionate towards them, man. And I was actually listening to something today that says the way you view people will determine how you value them, whether you value them or not, man. So if you view somebody as, oh, well, that person's not worth anything, well, guess what? You're not going to value them. So when you view them differently, it's like, okay, now I understand your story. So now I want to help you, man. So definitely love that. And and I love Tori, even in the midst of that, bro, you know, she's still tough. She's like, I can handle my own shit, you know? So right. <laughs> that was a good scene, brother. All right, man. Next scene I'm taking to, and, and it's perfect, man, because it ties in with pride. It talks, it ties in with the communication piece that I've been talking about, but it's Johnny jealous. So Miguel rolls up, man. And he's like, Hey, you've been spending a lot of time with LaRusso. And Miguel's just like, hey, yo, he's a straight up guy, you know, and he talks about the things that he's done, you know, and everything that you said, bro. So he's kind of giving him an idea of what he's done. Number one, he paid for my mom's car. That's dope, right? Because, you know, for a lot of us, our moms mean a lot. And especially for Latino kids, you know, our moms are like our angels, right? Yeah. And so he paid for my mom's car, you know, taught me how to fix an engine, taught me how to drive, you know. And so he's being that dad figure, right? So he's showing him things that many dads would show their sons is what I wrote, bro. And. To me, it's like Johnny's like, well, shit, I used to fill that role. But Johnny doesn't communicate that, right? Because it'd be too prideful for him to be like, well, what about me? But Johnny doesn't do that. So um, I was going to ask you, why do you think Miguel's gravitating towards LaRusso? But you you, you explained that perfectly, man. Again, they're connecting. It's more than bonding. They're, they're relating with each other, man. So 
<laughs> but then there's the comedy piece again. We got to talk about the comedy piece. He's like, you didn't tell me about Chicago. You know, and again, Miguel's being cool. He's not being like, why didn't you tell me about Chicago? And, and Johnny's yeah. like, what happened in Chicago? He's like, no, the band, you're the inspiration, Gloria Love, Peter Cetera, he's badass. And Johnny's just pissed. Like, Peter Cetera is the opposite of badass, right? And so, yeah. anyways, man, he's like, so what happened to Scorpion Slaughter? Again, being jealous, being envious instead of just talking. And that's what I wrote down, bro. Johnny should have talked to him because Miguel's like, well, is there anything you want to say? And he's like, no, that's good. You go on and do your thing. But you should have taught them. Like, look, you should have been like, look, man, I'm feeling this way, dude. Like, you know, I just want to make sure that, I don't know, man. What would you have said? Hey, let's say that's that's your son and you notice that your son is, is spending more time with, with uh, not, I mean, you're not that you're going to leave your son and he's going to be, but I, I don't know how to explain it, but you, you know what I'm saying, man. It's just like, I guess when, I don't even know. I can't even, and, it, and I'm not going to edit this part, but it's just like, how would you, how would you ever approach Miguel if you were Johnny? If I, well, see, if I'm Johnny, I mean, I, I probably would have, you know, maybe been a little more intentional Okay. and, you know, just like, look, let's just, let's just talk, you know, and kind of have a little bonding moment like they had in season one when they were, you know, the hamburgers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There we go. Okay. Something like that. But yeah, I would have just been more, more intentional and make, made sure I wouldn't have been too, like Johnny was too passive and too passive. Gave up too it's, and it's prideful, bro. That you passive. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, Oh, fuck it. I don't give. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. I gotta, I gotta cool with the efforts, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, screw it. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna let it be, but no, you can't bro. Like if you really care about somebody, you got to say something, man, you know, something that's why there's this quote that says more is lost by things that are unsaid than by what is said. It's those things that you don't say that hurts, you know, more bro. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, so this is how I would have handled it if I was Johnny, man. You know, I don't have a son, um, but I have a daughter, man. And, you know, there's times that, I, that you know, I get on to her and and I can tell there's some distance between us. Right. Because, again, I got to I got to be the disciplinarian, man, you know, and because I want to I want, you know, there's expectations that I have for her, you know. And so it's in those moments, bro, when I'm like, you know, come here, let me talk to you. And I tell her, hey you know, this is why I'm doing this. And this is, you know, this is why I'm getting on to you or this is why I discipline you or this is why I'm disappointed in you or whatever. And you ha and you communicate, you know? And I think that's what Johnny should have said. He's like, hey, Miguel, look, man, I've seen you. I've noticed you hanging out with LaRusso. I'm just letting you know how it makes me feel. I want to tell you I love you. You got to reassure them, dude. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he did. He, like you said, he was too passive. You got to reassure him. It's the same thing with your son, bro. You know, there's going to be, hey, bro, there's going to come a time where he's going to want to hang out with his, his his boys, his friends, instead of you. And you just want to be to reassure him, hey, I'm still here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's how I would have done it, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. And, you know, just to reiterate what you said, yeah, you got to be the disciplinarian. You got to, it's not enough to just discipline. You got to explain to them why so yeah. that they can. <laughs> for sure no and, I, and i'm laughing bro because i learned that from my mom like my mom was used to just whip my ass i'm like why is she doing that nope. like so i was like all right whenever i discipline oh, my you kid didn't get any explanation <laughs> yeah and i vowed to myself whenever <laughs> i have a kid and i discipline them i'm gonna make sure and let them know why <laughs> all right brother where are you taking us i think i know where you're going oh man i gotta go with the drive-in face office what i called it yeah man. <laughs> for sure for sure so the drive-in face-off. They're watching Bloodsport. Love it, Bloodsport. 
love it. That is one of the all-time greats in my library and in your library. For sure. I know that definitely, for sure. Definitely man. one of the top martial art martial arts movies, man. Hell yeah. Exactly. And you see the, I guess, the new generation now, like Kyler and them, and they're all, like, hyped. They're like, oh, because you see Van, <laughs> they're, they're looking at the part where Van Damme is fighting. The fat uh, sumo guy. The fat sumo guy. Sumo guy. Yeah, 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 the tall, yeah, yeah. tall guy. Yeah. Kicks guy. him in the nuts, hits him in the nuts. Kicks Another the kick nuts, him, but hits him all... in the nuts, yeah. Yeah, he does the splits or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, Kyler being Kyler, I guess you can <sighs> say the PG. Yeah. You know, he pretty much, you know, he's hazing Kenny and he sends him to get a whole bunch of stuff like popcorn, nachos, hot dogs, and I don't know what else. Um, so Kenny goes, right? And before you know it, he he sees um, Nate and Bert. And then Hawk intention intentionally bumps him and he drops all the all the stuff that he bought. And thankfully Robbie sees this as this is going out because pretty much Hawk, Nate, and Bert surround Kenny. And again, this goes back to what you've been saying in the past two episodes, man. This is a thirteen year old kid. What well, I mean, how do they feel tough about this, man? Yeah. Kenny's not even talking back or talking noise or talking smack. And these guys, like, you know, all big, bold, chested and stuff. So Robbie sees what's going on, and he comes to his defense. And, again, this is another thing I like about Robbie, man. And he's stepping in for him. And then before you know it... You betrayed Miyagi-Do. Traitor. Oh, there's a traitor here for sure. He's going to get what he deserves. I don't think so. Not if I have anything to say about it. Princess. Hey guys, can you believe that they have Mr. Pip and Dr. Pepper? Oh, shit. Not another rumble. Careful, LaRusso. Your mommy isn't here to play peacemaker. What's that supposed to mean? Guys, stop! Okay, we can't do this. We beat him on the map. Oh, really? You do remember what happened the last time we fought, right? Dimitri's bad timing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that scene, Dimitri's bad timing and stuff. Uh,. And then Miguel makes a statement saying that we'll beat them on the mat. And then Robbie thinks he's hard, saying, "You remember the last <laughs> what happened the last spot?" Yeah. And, and so Miguel issues the challenge about meeting at the baseball diamond. But here's why I like that scene. Number one, Bloodsport is playing the cinematography. <laughs> I wrote that down well, too, bro. Hell yeah. The cinematography. They're faced off. They're you know in a line facing each other mm -hmm. like a face off, like they're gonna you know rumble and stuff. And then you got Bloodsport. I think he's. I think Van Damme is Baco. fighting Baco. 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 <laughs> he's fighting Baco. In Hell the yeah, dude! Play. I'm right there with you. <laughs> so I just loved how it that was, was badass, bro. Hell yeah, great cinematography, bro. Yeah, and so that's why I love that scene. That's great. <laughs> it's a great scene, bro. Just a couple of things that that I noticed, man. You covered it great. Um, Nate weak again. Why? Who, why does Nate all of a sudden think he's a badass? You're not. You're not badass, Nate. Uh, I love the rumble. I love when he, it, just the rumble reference to me that ties into Outsiders, which Ralph, yeah, Ralph, outsiders, Ralph yeah. Macho was in. You know what I'm saying? He was Johnny. Let's do it for Johnny, right? And then yep. if you think about the rumble, right, you got the socials against the greasers, right? So you got these two just different different groups, right? Obviously, doesn't really tie into it right now because the socials and the Outsiders were, were rich, you know, preppies, and the greasers were the poor ones. But, you know, it's not this. You just have two different groups, man. So, uh but yeah, pointing out with Robbie, dude, you know, he thought he was all hard, like you said. So my thing with Miguel was like, 
no, nah, Miguel showed mercy on your ass. Remember that? So don't don't forget mm-hmm. that. So I'll, that, that's what he that, should have responded. Yeah, exactly, bro. So I'm not. I'm gonna save that for later. But yeah, Miguel showed mercy on your ass, Robbie. Don't think you're all hard, man. So, anyways, they go to the baseball diamond. You want to take it there? Or you want me to cover that real quick? No, you can cover okay, it. Okay, so they go to the baseball diamond, and to me, man, two references, two film references came to mind. Number one, the Sandlot. Remember when Benny the Jet squints, Ham Porter? Yeah, yeah, they faced off with those douchebag rich kids in the bikes. Yeah. Remember? So it kind of seemed like, like are they going to fight in, at the end of? And the diamond, obviously, they didn't fight in the sandlot, but you know they they went at it. They were talking mess to each other, and then film reference number two, because of the wet, the prank when uh, Shooter McGavin told Happy Gilmore to meet him at the uh, ninth Happy green, Gilmore, remember? Yes. And he met him there, and and you know at nine at the ninth green at nine, and so uh, he got there, he got showered with the with the water or whatever. So uh, that's what I thought about that. But let me. So obviously, that was Miguel's plan, right? They weren't going to fight. Uh, he was just going to trick them so they could get wet so, because he knew that the sprinklers were coming on. So my question to you, what did you think of that move by Miguel? I didn't really like it, and I was going to talk more about it later in a okay. later scene. Okay. okay. But I, I didn't like it. I'll, I'll, I didn't think... I'll, let, I, I'll just leave it like that, yeah, yeah because I'll, I'll we're going to talk more about it in a later scene. Okay, I'll let you talk about it. Cool. And me, I didn't like it either because you know what I wanted? I wanted a rumble, baby. I wanted, I wanted a, rumble, a rumble, man. Too, yeah. All right, here we go. So take us to the next scene. So the next scene I have is this is Crease and Silver at Cobra Kai. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, man, Silver killed it in this scene for me. I mean, he, he's been doing great all this episode he has, but I think this one just, I don't know. I think he just... He's thinking smart is what I put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's badass, <laughs> and, dude. I'm telling you, he's badass. Yeah. So he's already, like, if we're, you know, we're going to get to CK3, he's already, like, badass. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, basically, Crease is, you know, he's eager to strike back after what happened. You know, he, he wants to, you know, get payback. And I like Silver being the reason and logic thinker in their tandem. We have to learn from our mistakes. Cobra Kai was never about revenge. It was about building strength by taking our fears and turning them into weapons. That's badass right there, dude. <laughs> I like that. That yeah. makes me love Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cobra Kai's dope, dude. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Think about that. Yeah. And 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 he even he dropped some more wisdom on him, man. He's like, if we rehash the past, history will just repeat itself all over again. Exactly. And, you know, he's I, I got a little bit ahead, but basically, you know, Silver was tr- trying to remind Crease, hey, look, your vengeance with Miyagi is what got you into this position, into that position. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because he because he had the, the valley in the palm of his hands. Of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, and then, you know, Silver, again, being the reason and the logic person thinking, he's like, look, we're the old men now. You know, we got to fight smarter, not harder. And then so Kreese kind of is like, well, we should just stand and do nothing. He's like, I didn't say do nothing. So see, he's got a plan. Silver's thought it true. He's a businessman. <laughs> he's a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> he's a businessman. So, yeah, I just put down. And one other thing. We see kind of Crease's mindset about Johnny in from part one. Yeah. When 
when you know Johnny arrived with the black guy after he got his yeah. butt kicked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how how that affected Crease, man. We you know we never heard that before. So what Crease was thinking at that time in part one. So I just thought that that was pretty cool how the big three incorporated that. But Silver killed it in that he's thinking smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, no doubt, love it. Uh, yeah, Chris tried to turn that shit around. He's like, he attacked my students. <laughs> right. Yeah. <he> Not <laughs> knowing that Cobra Kai, he was chasing Daniel and whooping his ass. So he attacked my students. It's just crazy. But yeah, you're right, brother. Silver being a voice of reason, Silver killed it again. Going back to what I said, he's got that presence. He's, he's commanding that, that respect and he's getting it. And yeah, brother, just want to, you know, just mimic what you said with the, with the quote about if we are just going if we are just going to rehash the past, history will repeat itself all over again, man. So love that because, hey, man, dwelling on the past will never let you fully live and experience the present. You know, that's one of the things that I posted this week, man, is that don't let the pain of your past keep you from the promise of your present, man. You know what I'm saying? Because you can. You can just, you know, harp on the past, but you you harp on the past, you're not going to fully live, man. So love that scene. All right, brother, next one. And it's the end, brother. Uh El Diablo de la Lluvia, right? Hawk with the Spanish, bro. <laughs> Shout out to my daughter. Yeah. Shout out to my daughter who's, uh, I, I, I'm going to admit this. She doesn't know that much Spanish, but she's going to take a Spanish exam in a couple of weeks. So she's been studying her little butt off. So shout out to my daughter. But anyways, Hawk with the Spanish. Shout out, Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> so Hawk's bringing the Spanish. But yeah, you know, Johnny's disappointed. He hears about that. He hears what Miguel did, and he's disappointed. So you picked a fight, didn't show up, and then you doused him with the hose. Oh, it was sprinklers. I'll go back to saying nothing. You just poked the bear. What do you think's gonna happen? You think they're just gonna leave well enough alone? From everything I heard about last night, it sounds to me like Miguel practiced restraint. He found a way to get out of a bad situation without anyone getting hurt. What'd you want him to do? Get in a drive-in switchblade fight? I'm proud of you. You've taken Miyagi-Do teachings to heart. So you picked the fight? He's like, you poked the bear, right? I don't like this. Did you catch this? You picked the fight. You didn't show up, and then you doused him with a hose. Yep. That's a LaRusso move, right? When LaRusso yeah, got on the water hose at the Halloween party. So again, LaRusso rubbing off on Miguel, man. He's like, you poked the bear. He's like, you think they're just going to leave well enough alone? That's Johnny's line, right? Leave well enough alone. So you had to push it. Well, now you're going to pay. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> but then pinch Daniel. So I was loving Daniel about 10 minutes ago. But then his ass comes out and says, Miguel, practice restraint. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. The way you said it, man. I'm sorry. It was funny. <laughs> Seriously, dude. I was like, pinch Daniel. I was liking his ass. But anyways. And Miguel, practice restraint. Again, Daniel having to be the top dog, right? Have His way having to be the best. We're back to that, bro. We are back right. to that. And then he mentions this. What did you want? A drive-in switchblade fight? And that's a nod to the outsiders. To the outsiders. Yeah, yeah because yeah. remember Johnny, who uh, Ralph Macho played Johnny in The Outsiders. He's the one that killed the social when that guy was, uh, he was beating up Pony Boy. So Johnny's the one that stabbed the, 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 yeah, the social and killed him. So anyways, we see that, you know, Miguel's taking Miyagi-Do teachings to heart, bro. And that's when Johnny finally, finally said, okay, you know what, LaRusso? We need to have a talk, and that's badass. But you know what's more badass? You know what's more badass? Freaking silver, bro. Silver walking out. I'm telling you, I've been saying this. The presence, bro, walking out. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mr. LaRusso. You're getting in that ring. This guy wants to break. I'll humiliate you. Yeah! 
bad <laughs> ass. John Kreese's karate, bad ass. Gentlemen, Cobra Kai. Gentlemen, it seems we have a few things to discuss. Love it, brother. Anything back with anything else you want to add to that? That's go ahead, bro, because I know you had it, but that's badass. Man, you pretty much covered it all, man. You know, just a few things. You know, Daniel kind of adds insult to injury by saying, I'm proud of you, and you learned Miyagi Do lessons. You've taken Miyagi Do lessons to heart right in, right in front of Johnny. You know, he should know by now how Johnny is and how he would take something like that. You know, as much history as they have. No, he's uh, wanting to top him. Wanting to top him. Yeah. But I got to side with Johnny on this, man. I got, you know, I'm, you asked me the question earlier. I agree with Johnny, man. You can't just, you know, to quote Crease, man, you can't just issue a challenge and leave. (laughs) (laughs) Old man. (laughs) You can't just drop a challenge. But, you know. (laughs) <laughs> That's a badass connection, dude. It's a part one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And uh leave boy we, alone. <laughs> we start to see the team up breaking, man. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's already bent and broke because you Johnny is just so envious of the relationship that um you know him and Dan that Miguel and Daniel have. And of course Daniel being Daniel doing Daniel things. It's just making it worse. Yeah. Daniel's <laughs> so. just being arrogant, dude. Daniel's yep, just being man. arrogant for sure, man. So what about silver, bro? Tell me. Tell, I know you have something with that. Yeah, I just... I, oh, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I love the slow-mo intro. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not even... You know, the flashbacks, you see him laughing and being all kind of wild and stuff. <laughs> but here, he's just, he's just calm. Gentlemen, we have some things to discuss. Daniel is like shaking in his boots, bro. <laughs> Pissing in his pants. <laughs> For real, man. Yeah. You see the trail? I think he peed in his pants. <laughs> yeah, dude. Love it, dude. That was badass. I love that, man. Yeah. So and it's a cliffhanger, man. And one, like, right there, we want to see season or not season, episode five. Exactly. We're like, Let's see it. We want to see five, what so. happens next. What what things does he have to discuss, man? So yeah. Well, that's it for that, you know, for our favorite scenes and things that we caught and the connections we made and the lessons and insight that we got. So let's go to our categories. All right, brother, you're running back scene. Where are you going? That scene that you could YouTube and watch over and over again. There was quite a few, man. But for me, it's got to be the drive in face off with blood sport playing in the background. Okay. Dope. Yeah. For me, it's the last scene when Silver and Crease walked out. When That's just Silver badass. Went. Yeah, bro. When they walked yeah. into the to Miyagi Do. Yeah. I was like, I love that shit. All right, brother. <laughs> Favorite quote or dialogue exchange. This is for me, it's silver, man. If you want to be a champion, you have to dig that fear and face it. You know, whatever it is, because if you don't, it's gonna hold you back forever. It's badass, man. I got that too, bro. You yeah. got to dig out that fear and face it, man. Hell yeah. Love it. Um, I'm with you there, brother. All right. Back to the writer's room. What would you have done differently? I have two. Okay. I'm going to tell you uh, the first one. Why didn't Amanda say anything to Sam? She saw what was going on with Tori at the party. Why didn't she just pull her aside right there and stop the antagonizing? You know what I mean? That's badass, bro. I didn't even think about that, dude. Damn. Like, she's okay. just she's just sitting there watching. Why are you gonna basically. let why are you gonna let your daughter continue being rude and talk shit? Not a chance. You're no, right. I You're right, bro. Let... I didn't even think about that. Good one, brother. Good one. 
Because, you know, yeah, if I see my daughter, my bad, real quick. If I see my daughter just like being disrespectful or or making fun of people, I pull her aside and say, hey, you don't do that. So you're Mm -hmm. right, bro. Why didn't Amanda do that? That's a good one, brother. Good one. All right. What else? And and the other one's a little bit more comical. And this is just me being me. You know me. (laughs) I really wish Silver would have shown him the other two lessons of the Quicksilver method when he was sparring with Robbie, you know, because he only said the man can't stand, he can't fight. He regarded a man can't breathe, he can't fight. Or no, a man, yeah, a man can't breathe, he can't fight. And then a man can't see, he can't fight. Yeah. I really would have wished he would have taught him the other two lessons. <laughs> That's dope, brother. Dang, I like how you thought that out. Me, uh, I wish Miguel were remi- would have reminded Robbie about the fight. Like, no, you know, you didn't whip my ass. Like, I, I had mercy. Like, I was going to break your freaking arm, dude. You know, I wish Miguel would have stood up like that. See, he's being pussified by La Pusso. Because <laughs> seriously, bro, like, he'd be like, nah, dude, I would have broke your arm, bro. But I had mercy on your ass. And then I wish there would have been a little bit of a rumble. I really oh, do. Yeah. You know, come yeah. on, man. You're going to call him out. You're going to issue a challenge. <laughs> You're going to issue a challenge, like you said. Mm-hmm. Come on. There should have been a little bit of a rumble. Something, bro. Mm-hmm. Maybe Something, a little yeah. bit of a rumble. And maybe, like, because we know Dimitri's weak. And Dimitri called the cops. And the cops come and break it up or something. There should have been something. It should have been bigger than that. That was disappointing to me. The whole water thing. I mean, I get why they did it. Because he's taking I mean, heat. it makes sense. He's taking, he's taking heat to... You know, Miyagi does. Yeah, but no, nah, this should have been a little bit of a rumble. All right, brother. CK3, your top three characters from this episode. I think we can both agree Terry Silver. Oh, he's he's he, he's Jordan in this one. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he, he did yeah. great. He did amazing. I'm going to go with Amanda for trying to help Tori. You know, pay homage to the female characters, too. And I'm going to go with Robbie. I'm going to go with Robbie. You know, I like the exchanges he had with Silver. I like how he's trying to be protective of Kenny. And, you know, he's just trying to do right. And he took and he applied Silver's lesson, you know, when he spoke to Johnny. No doubt. I got Silver. I got Robbie as well, brother. So we're, we're there two for two. But uh, the last one for me, Van Damme. <laughs> Van Damme, baby. Van Damme. Oh, yeah. If you he know, was an option. Van Damme, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, he was in it. I mean, maybe he wasn't. His movie was in it. Van Damme, bro. You know, because, you know, just how, how those kids are all hyped up. And you know why, like, those kids are hyped up? Because they don't make movies like that anymore, bro. Nope. They do not make movies like that. When did Bloodsport come out? 88, 89? They don't make movies like that anymore, yeah, bro. Yeah, like in the 80s. Yeah, 88, 89, something like that, man. All right, man. All Valley Trophies. How many All Valley trophies are you giving this one? I'm going to go with the four, man. There were several good scenes, man. Several good scenes. And the cliffhanger at the end, just, ah. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a four. Okay, cool. See, me, um, you know, last one, what did we say? 4.5 on the last one? Yes. It's crazy. So I'm going 3.75, man. Like I said, I was a little disappointed. It took a while for me to really get in get into it. Silver killed it, man. I, I could see a four. You know what? I'll, I'll give it a four. You know, I don't want to seem like it's that bad, but yeah, it took a while. It took a while for me to really get hooked. But when I got hooked, it was good. I think, you know, if they would have started with like silver, that would have been dope. You know? Yeah. You know, just because because he had that whole presence, bro. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. I'll be good. All right, man. So that's it, brother. So, hey, anything you want to say before I do the little outro and we're out? We wrapped up episode four by Syphilis.
Wow, man. You know what? It seems like it's flying by, but you know what? Hey, we love doing, we love the show. We love doing this. So, you know, just again, shout out to the listeners as always, man. We're, we're so grateful for them taking the time to listen. Really appreciate it. It means so much. Thank you. Thank you for sure. And so definitely want to just shout out to Ashburn, Virginia. We've got some listeners there. Atlanta, Georgia, Los Angeles, California, St. Louis, Missouri, Burbank, California, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Eden, New York. I'm just looking at some of the statistics right now of where people are streaming this show. So if you're in those cities, hey, shout out to you. Thank you so much for listening to Cobra Kai Never Dies podcast. Please know that Jose and I are grateful super grateful of your support so thank you for tuning in and as always if you're listening on spotify make sure to hit that follow button or if you're listening on apple or google Podcasts, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and again don't forget hey you know watch episode five and listen to us talk about it next monday we hope you enjoyed this episode on episode four by syphily and we can't wait to come back next week all right monty Cobra Kai never what? Dies. Never dies. All right, brother.